sounds good. Good evening and welcome to NTD News. I'm Stephanie Cox. Here are today's top stories. The man arrested for allegedly leaking top secret military documents appears in court. We find out what his charges are and, if convicted, how much time he could serve in prison. The Supreme Court acts on abortion at the Biden administration's request. Now restrictions on a common abortion pill are again lifted. What's next in the case? Details on former President Trump's deposition in Attorney General Letitia James's financial fraud case. Reports say Trump spoke a lot during the questioning. The White House this week planning to expand health care to DACA recipients. We hear from an immigration expert who'll give us his analysis on the new proposal, which could take effect soon. And violent protests continue in France as the government's pension reform gets a green light. The reform raises the retirement age to 64. The suspect is now charged for leaking top-secret military documents. What are the charges and what message does it send about classified documents? NTD's Jason Perry has the details. 21-year-old Jack Teixeira, a member of the Massachusetts Air Force National Guard, is accused of leaking highly classified military documents online. FBI agents arrested him on Thursday, and he appeared in court the next day on Friday before a federal judge in Boston. Teixeira was charged under the Espionage Act with unlawfully copying and possessing classified defense records. Each offense can carry up to 10 years in prison, and reports have said there could be 300 classified documents that were leaked online. Teixeira was also charged with knowingly removing classified records to an unauthorized location. Attorney General Merrick Garland said this on Friday about the charges. If this is not just about taking home documents, uh, that is of course itself illegal, uh, but this is about the transmission, uh, both the unlawful retention and the transmission of the documents. Everyone knows here that the documents in the end were uh, transmitted. Uh, that violates uh, 18 U.S.C. 793 and 18 U.S.C. 1924. There are very serious penalties associated with that. A reporter asked Garland what message these charges sent to anyone who may take home classified documents. People who um, um, uh, sign agreements uh, to be able to receive classified documents acknowledge the importance to the national security of not uh, disclosing those documents. Uh, and uh, we intend to, to uh, send that message, uh, how important it is uh, to our national security. Meanwhile, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin said he has ordered a review of our intelligence access, accountability and control procedures to prevent this kind of incident from happening again. Some are wondering how the leaked classified military documents could affect the war in Ukraine. One document says that Russia and Ukraine are not expected to hold peace talks anytime this year in 2023. Ukrainian Prime Minister Denis Shmyal, who recently visited Austin at the Pentagon, shared his thoughts. We are sure that we will win in this war, we will liberate our territories, and no one uh, special psychological operations from uh, side of Russia will not touch our unity and not, will not stop our counteroffensive. Jason Perry, NTD News. And over in Ukraine, new developments on the battlefield. Ukrainian troops have been forced to withdraw from some parts of the city of Bakhmut. 
Bakhmut is at the center of a nine-months-long battle. It has become the main target of Russia's winter offensive. In recent days, Russian forces battered the Ukrainians with particularly intense artillery. In its daily briefing note today, the British military said Russia has re-energized its assault. Ukrainian forces reportedly retreated in an orderly manner and still hold western parts of Bakhmut, but face significant resupply issues. The British military assesses that Russia has improved its cooperation with the Wagner Group mercenary organization, a major force in the battle. And now let's take a step back for a broad look at China, Russia, Ukraine, and the leaked U.S. military documents. And joining us now to discuss is retired Colonel John Mills. He's also a senior fellow at the Center for Security Policy and author of The Nation Will Follow, First-Hand Experiences Fighting the Deep State and the Action Plan for the American Citizen. John, welcome. The allegedly top-secret Pentagon files that were recently leaked seem to reveal startling developments in China's military's buildup, both nuclear and otherwise. What's your assessment of that intel? Well, yes, from uh, several of the reports I've uh, written, uh, and, and thank you, Stephanie, an honor to be on your show, but from several of the reports I've, I've seen, uh, several things caught my attention. Uh, now, it's a little challenging. I think these documents are real. Uh, the challenge is once they've been out, it, uh, it's information warfare, and clearly several sides have played with them in certain scenarios to alter, change numbers on the, on the slides and the, the documents. But I think they are substantially real at the beginning. Uh, but uh, two things caught my attention, 50, uh, 50 uh, American forces on the ground in Ukraine, and we'll talk about that a little bit more, uh, the, the, the acknowledgment of a something called the DF-27, uh, a new Chinese ballistic missile, which appears to be uh, an extension of their, it's a hyperglide, it's hypersonic, uh, weapon that goes up into space, comes down, and then is this hypersonic glide vehicle, which appears to be an extension of the uh, acknowledged and existing DF-16. So it uh, appears to be a much longer-range DF-16. So quite concerning, because that sounds like I can reach, the hyperglide can reach to Guam and probably even Hawaii. I want to look at Ukraine now. China says that it won't sell weapons to either side in the war in Ukraine after the leaked documents indicated intelligence that it was already supplying Russia with artillery and weapons. What do you make of the Chinese retort? And do you think that this leak will change public opinion or official strategy in any significant way? Oh, the technical term for the Chinese expression, it's, it's called a lie. Um, they, know, they know exactly what they're doing. And of course, they have commonality in the ammunition types with the Russians. Uh, we have... Uh, it would be hard for us to validate either way whether the Chinese are or are not shipping, but I would say it is very likely they are shipping uh, at least artillery ammunition, the 152 millimeter ammunition, which they share in common with the Russians. So I think they very likely are uh, shipping ammunition. So following the leak, National Security Council spokesman John Kirby confirmed that there is a small number of troops in Ukraine, but that they're not fighting on the battlefield. What's your response to that? Well, having worked with Kirby a little bit, uh, I don't want to uh, necessarily disparage a fellow officer, but I would also call that technical term a lie. Uh, I think it's very convenient. Uh, uh, he is, I, 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 
I think he needs to come clean with the American people. Uh, very likely, who these people are are what are called advance force operators. Uh, advance force operators are specialists uh, in developing the situation for follow-on action. Uh, they are trained experts. Uh, you say, so what? 50 people. That's not a whole lot. Who cares? Uh, no, it's a big deal because uh, having deployed and uh, worked with these forces, 50 people mean on the, on the ground is an incredible amount of staff work to generate, project, and sustain these 50. And these 50 suck up 80% of the oxygen in the Pentagon right now. Oh, and let's not forget the 900 that are still on the ground in Syria. I think the priority right now is to pull back the 50 in the Ukraine, the 900 in Syria, and let's focus on things like the, the fentanyl war, where China is sending fentanyl over the border into America from Mexico. They're making it in Mexico with Chinese paramilitaries. How about we redeploy those 50 in Ukraine and 900 in uh, Syria? Why don't we start doing advanced force operations to the imminent threat that's killing people out of Mexico orchestrated by the Chinese and also start getting ready to deter, if necessary, defeat the Chinese in the Pacific? Fascinating. Thank you so much. John Mills, senior fellow at the Center for Security Policy and author of The Nation Will Follow. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Stephanie. Always an honor to be on your show. Thank you. And turning now to the issue of abortion. The Supreme Court is temporarily lifting restrictions on a widely used abortion pill. This after the Biden administration formally asked the high court to intervene. NTD's Iris Tao has more from the White House. Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito on Friday blocked lower court's rulings that would have imposed tighter restrictions on a commonly used abortion pill called mifariston. But that hold is temporary and will expire at midnight on Wednesday, April 19th. For now, the pill would remain widely available on the market, and the high court will use this time to hear from both sides and then decide the next steps. The hold by the Supreme Court comes after the Biden administration filed an emergency request Friday morning, asking the high court to intervene. We believe that the, uh, the law is on our side and we will prevail. The legal battle started after the Texas judge this month ordered the FDA to halt its approval of the pill. An appeals court later partially overturned that order, but still kept parts of it in place. Mifaristone is used in over half of the abortions nationwide. Without a Supreme Court intervening, access to the pill could be curtailed immediately. Meanwhile, pro-life organizations applaud the lower court's decisions, and telling NTD that Mifaristone is not safe and should not be used. Even Planned Parenthood and the FDA have admitted that one in 20 women are likely going to end up in the hospital. So if you're thinking about your own safety, this is not safe. The Supreme Court will now have five days to further look into the case, and a full court ruling could come before next Wednesday. Reporting from the White House, Iris Tao, NTD News. Switching gears to former President Trump. Today he filed his personal financial disclosure report with the Federal Election Commission. It'll offer the public a first look at his post-presidential finances. Candidates are only required to report their assets and liabilities in broad ranges in these reports, but it's likely to provide some new insights into Trump's finances since he left office. That includes details on the sale of his hotel in Washington, D.C., the book of pictures from his time in the White House, and his social media business venture, Trump Media and Technology Group. 
Trump also defended his real estate business yesterday at New York Attorney General Letitia James's Manhattan office. The deposition lasted almost seven hours. His attorney said Trump spoke about the business in detail. And TD's Arlene Richards has the latest. Former President Trump defied expectations Thursday in a nearly seven-hour-long deposition in New York City. Trump's lawyer Chris Keis said in a statement that Trump described in detail his extraordinary business success. A spokesperson for New York Attorney General Letitia James said James read a prepared statement at the beginning of the session, but she didn't stay for the entire deposition. Some media outlets were not expecting the former president to answer any questions, but a spokesperson for the AG's office told NBC News that Trump spoke a lot during the deposition. This was Trump's second deposition in less than a year for James's $250 million lawsuit against him. James, a Democrat, had campaigned on promises to go after Trump. The lawsuit alleges that Trump, his three eldest children, and the Trump Organization provided false financial statements to lenders and others about the value of his assets. James is seeking a permanent ban on the four Trumps running companies in New York. Comments made by Trump's former lawyer Michael Cohen triggered the probe. Cohen testified to Congress in 2017 saying Trump manipulated asset values. Trump recently filed a $500 million lawsuit against Cohen, alleging breaches of fiduciary duty. Cohen responded to the lawsuit on CNN. Yeah, I was surprised. Not shocked, but I was surprised. It's part of the Trump playbook. I mean, we've used it before. Trump said on Truth Social on Friday, quote, my company and overall value is actually far stronger and higher than shown in the so-called financial statement. He also said in a video post Thursday that the justice system was being weaponized. The House GOP is attempting to rein in what they call political prosecutions. House Judiciary Committee member Russell Fry introduced a new bill Thursday. It would prevent state and local prosecutors from filing cases against current or former presidents in state court. Instead, the cases would automatically be moved to federal courts. A second bill offered by Congressman Andy Biggs would prohibit prosecutors from using federal funds to investigate presidents. This is something that Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg admitted doing in his case against Trump. Arlene Richards, NTD News. Florida governor and potential presidential candidate Ron DeSantis spoke at Liberty University's convocation today. He addressed students on Florida's fight against what he calls woke ideologies. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis addressed one of the largest Christian universities in the world, Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia, on Friday. In his speech, DeSantis listed what he's done in Florida in recent years, mentioning efforts to safeguard freedom and fight gender ideology. When freedom and our very own way of life in so many other jurisdictions throughout our land withered on the vine, Florida held the line. We chose facts over fear. We chose education over indoctrination. We chose law and order over rioting and disorder. The Florida governor went on to comment on what he calls woke ideologies. The woke mind virus represents a war on merit. It represents a war on achievement. It's a form of cultural Marxism that seeks to use identity politics to divide Americans. But perhaps most of all, 
The woke represents a war on the truth. DeSantis's speech came a day after signing an abortion bill into law. Called the Heartbeat Protection Act, it prohibits abortions after a heartbeat is detected, usually after six weeks into a pregnancy. DeSantis said the measure seeks to, quote, defend the dignity of human life and transform Florida into a pro-family state. The Florida governor has been touring the country recently. He plans to attend a GOP fundraising dinner in New Hampshire Friday night. Reporting by Allison Lee, NTD News. The Biden administration is planning to expand health care to DACA recipients. How could that impact the U.S. and immigration into the country? NTD's Arianne Pazdar spoke with an immigration expert to learn more. So today, my administration is announcing our plan to expand health coverage for DACA recipients by allowing them to enroll in the plan through the Affordable Care Act or through Medicaid. The Affordable Care Act Biden mentioned is better known as Obamacare. Biden explained the move by saying health care is a right and not a privilege. Besides the video, the White House also published a more detailed plan to expand health coverage to DACA recipients, stating that the ultimate goal is to give DREAMers a pathway to citizenship. DREAMers is a name given to DACA recipients. DACA was established by former President Obama and then Vice President Biden. It basically allows some illegal immigrants to stay in the U.S. The main requirement is that they arrived very young. Jason Richwine, resident scholar for the Center of Immigration Studies, says this wasn't supposed to happen. What do you make of Biden's plan to expand health care to DACA recipients? Well, if you remember way back the original Obamacare debates, uh, one of the issues was illegal immigration. You know, critics had, had charged that Obamacare might be something that illegal immigrants could get. Uh, and of course, the administration said, no, no, that's never going to happen. The fact checker said, of course, that not that's not in the bill. Well, now it's happening. Could actions like this incentivize more illegal immigrants to come into the U.S.? Well, I don't know if they need any more incentive than the Biden administration has already given them. Uh, they basically opened up the border in the sense that they have a new plan or a new uh, policy in place where they just bring in as many people as they can rather than trying to actually actively discourage people from crossing the border. HHS is expected to soon propose the rule change. The administration says it expects to get the proposed rule done by the end of the month. Ariane Pastar, NTD News. And over in France, the country's top court has given a green light to President Emmanuel Macron's pension reform. Violent protests are erupting in Paris over the latest decision. France's Constitutional Council today approved the government's plan to raise the retirement age from 62 to 64. The top court also rejected calls for a referendum on the reform. Sweeping protests have paralyzed major services across France this year over Macron's pension reform. There have been violent clashes between police and demonstrators, and they are continuing after the court announced the decision. Opposition parties have also signaled they will fight on against the plans. Macron's government has said the reform is necessary to keep financing the pension system. The French president is now expected to enact the law this weekend. And coming up, a record price in American sports. The NFL's Washington Commanders, despite lackluster results on the field, are sold for a whopping amount. And a show of classical Chinese dance is delighting audiences at the Lincoln Center this week. Musicians in attendance share what moved them most 
after the break here on NTD News. Sports News. Here's NTD's Dave Martin with today's top stories. Thank you, Steph. The owners of the Washington Commanders have reportedly reached an agreement to sell the team for just more than $6 billion, according to multiple reports. The amount is the most ever paid for a North American sports franchise, topping the $4.65 billion paid for the Denver Broncos. Daniel Snyder, who purchased the team for $750 million back in 1999, will sell the team to a group led by Philadelphia 76ers owner Josh Harris. Snyder's apparent decision to sell the team comes after several investigations, both by the NFL and Congress, into workplace misconduct. On the field, the team has managed just six postseason appearances and two playoff wins in Snyder's 24 seasons. Prior to his arrival, Washington won three Super Bowls under Hall of Fame coach Joe Gibbs. And in NFL safety news, the league has approved the first helmet designed to help reduce concussions for quarterbacks. Specifically, the helmet is supposed to reduce the severity of helmet-to-ground impacts, which the league said accounted for roughly half the NFL's concussions last year, including the one rather famously sustained by Miami's Tua Tungavaloa at Cincinnati. Players will have a choice in which helmet to wear. And for your sports viewing schedule tonight, the NBA's play-in tournament concludes with a pair of winner-go-home contests as Miami hosts Chicago and Oklahoma City plays at Minnesota with the winners joining the playoffs as the two eight seeds. And in baseball, full night, all 30 teams are in action, including the still undefeated Tampa Bay Rays, who at 13-0 are just one win away from the best start in baseball history they play at Toronto. And finally, for you hockey fans, slow night in the NHL. Just two games on as it's the final night of the regular season. That includes the reigning champion Colorado Avalanche, who can win the division with a win over Nashville. And that's it for your sports news today. Steph, over to you. Thanks, Dave. And in arts news, Shen Yun is at the Lincoln Center in New York. Musicians who once performed there themselves marveled at the performance this week. Some even say it's one of the best performances they've ever seen. So I'm a better person today because of this performance. Shen Yun started its second week in New York City's Lincoln Center on April 12th. Audience members from the music industry praised the performance. It was just so thrilling experience to see um, that discipline connected with emotions and it was very powerful performance. This is the best reward to ourselves. Not only was it technically perfect, virtuosity, but the humanity. One of the best I've ever seen in my life. You're telling a wonderful story, but you integrate many disciplines. The, the movement, you integrate music and storytelling and mythic scenery and wonderful special effects that make it a very cinematic experience. As musicians themselves, they were fascinated by Shen Yun's live orchestra and a certain Chinese instrument, the arhu. So expressive, so legato, uh, very heavenly. And it is like the human voice weeping or dancing or playing or, or singing for love. 
express all kinds of emotions. It can be fun and frivolous. It can also be deep and very longing. So it's one of my new favorite instruments, having heard it live, by a world-class performer. It was very inspiring. The live orchestra is always much more exciting because uh, they can never play twice the same, so dancers cannot also dance the same. So every performance is so unique, uh, experience for everybody, dancers and musicians and audience. The audience says Shen Yun is more than a performance. We feel how, how humanity and love for each other is important. Very often we forget that with the incredible pace of life, but this reminds us that we have to love each other to make the world a better place, and this type of performances uh, is helping us to see that more clear. There's a lot of spiritual depth to your lyrics, um, and, and there's a lot of, of your scenes, a lot of your uh, dance numbers also reflect this. Um, there's a deep spiritual connection with the earth, with the divine, uh, and it's a universal expression of what the human soul longs for. Everybody was so full of spirituality, not just virtuosity, but spirituality. I liked it very much. We want to thank you very much for giving so much joy in this time of difficulties. This is a reward from heaven. Shan Yun will perform at Lincoln Center through April 16th. NTD News, New York. And that's all for today's news. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Stephanie Cox. Good night.